Welcome to Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick and this is episode number 55, Unconditional Self-Acceptance. Hello lovely people, I have such fun news. For the last few months I've been working on a project with my good friend Jane Reeves and some of you might remember Jane from episode 30 where she talked about her amazing book Heart of Gold, Lessons on the Path of Loving Kindness. Now Jane has been a yoga and dharma teacher for over 30 years. She's smart and funny and kind, I just I love hanging out with her. And she's also set her life up so she spends a couple of months every year in Italy, which is bloody genius. (laughs) And the good news is that next May in 2020, Jane and I are going to be hosting an intimate retreat at the Frattoria del Cole in Tuscany. And we would love you to come hang out with us. Now, this retreat is all about coming home to your body. Jane and I have both had quite devastating health challenges over the last year and we've been Skyping each other once a month or so just to check in, just to talk about what that's like and these Skype dates have been incredibly healing and so we wanted to offer this to you for you to come and soak up the pleasures and tastes of Italy. We'll show you what it means to offer your body love and kindness how to begin to unhook yourself from conditioning messages that say there's something wrong with your body. There'll be gentle yoga, pragmatic, evidence-based coaching from me, and time for exploring the stunning landscape of Tuscany, as well as your own inner geography. Now, we're going to be staying in this centuries-old olive grove and vineyard. It's Italy's only woman-owned and operated And the food is orgasmic. It's insanely good. It's all cooked on site. And we'll get to know everyone who works at Del Cole. I went to one of Jane's retreats last year and it was so good, like life-changing good. So I'm completely thrilled to be returning to Tuscany. And we would just love you to join us. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? So you can find out a link to the retreat page in the show notes at sasspetherick.com. Enrollment opens at midday, Saturday the 19th of October, which is my birthday, and there are early bird sign-up bonuses and there are payment plans available. If you have any questions, just get in touch. Okay, so on to today's episode, and it is definitely connected to some of the themes we will be exploring at the retreat in Tuscany. We're going to Italy. So this is part two of uh, the last episode, which was all about the myth of self-esteem. And in that episode, I talked about how the self-esteem industry is worth billions, but there is very little evidence to support all the supposed benefits of self-esteem. And every significant research study into self-esteem has found really weak correlations with positive life outcomes. It was a fascinating episode to research. And so we've sort of discovered, we know now, that the pursuit of self-esteem is highly unlikely to result in what we actually want. And so this episode is all about what to do instead. So we're going to be exploring unconditional self-acceptance. Now, what this actually means is that we are fully and unconditionally accepting of ourselves. 
regardless of our competence, of whether or not people approve, respect or love us. When we have a lot of self-doubt, we often evaluate ourselves quite negatively. And there is this sort of follow-on that if we do something negative, we regard ourselves as negative. But with self-acceptance, if we mess up and if we understand that we've messed up, that's it. No unfavorable judgment, no feeling bad, no fluctuations in self-worth. So our sense of self is not dependent on our experience, on external circumstances, on the validation or lack of validation from other people. This is kind of life-changing because we start to experience the world differently. If we don't get what we want, we're still okay. If we screw up massively, we're still okay. With unconditional self-acceptance, you're interested in learning from specific beliefs, behaviors, and outcomes, but your unique you-ness is never up for debate, and you become the constant in your own life. So self-acceptance is exactly what the name suggests. It's the state of accepting oneself, and unconditional self-acceptance is about embracing who you are without any qualifications, conditions, or exceptions. Without exception. So it's about embracing all the parts of you. It's not enough to embrace the good, the valuable, positive parts about yourself, the bits you're proud of. To embody unconditional self-acceptance, we have to embrace all of the parts of ourselves we find difficult to be with the full spectrum of our emotions, all of our past behavior, our regrets, our unmet dreams, all the things that we wish weren't part of us but are, everything, all of it, is unconditionally accepted. So if you're thinking that accepting all these negative aspects of yourself sounds difficult, you're not wrong. (laughs) And it's not easy to accept the things that we desperately want to change about ourselves. But somewhat counterintuitively, when we truly accept ourselves, changing, learning, growing in a new direction is so much more ease-filled because there isn't the addition of resistance against reality. In other words, we need to allow the reality that we have these undesirable traits and habits before we start off on our journey to improvement. Or, as Dr. Phil used to say, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So it's relatively easy to accept ourselves when we just did something great, when we won an award or fell in love or started this awesome new job. But accepting ourselves at our lowest, with all our faults and flaws and human foibles, is the real mark of unconditional self-acceptance. And here's the key to this concept that I just, I cannot stress this enough. Unconditional self-acceptance is the understanding, real embodied understanding, that you are a priceless human, separate from your actions, your qualities, everything you say and do. And this is why it's so much more powerful than notions of self-esteem. Because self-esteem refers specifically to how valuable or worthwhile we see ourselves. But self-acceptance is a much more global sense of self. 
when we're self-accepting, we're able to embrace all the faucets of ourselves, not just the positive, more esteemable parts. And this is an important foundation for psychological health. Now, if you've ever visited a therapist or worked with a coach or someone in this kind of area of work, you may have come across the importance of accepting yourself and your reality, just acknowledging all the different aspects of you and learning to separate what you do from who you are. Now, this is a really good place to point out that one very important thing to understand about self-acceptance is that to fully accept yourself and all your flaws and mistakes does not mean that you condone any behavior or that you accept and embrace unhealthy or harmful actions. You don't need to condone or approve of those traits and characteristics, those experiences, to accept that you did engage in those actions and that those undesirable characteristics and traits are a part of who you are. This is a really important distinction to make because a lot of people will find self-acceptance a real struggle when there is a sense that they are condoning or uh, accepting behavior that they have engaged in that they find really problematic. But accepting yourself is about accepting reality for what it is. It doesn't necessarily mean that you like that reality. In the same way, accepting yourself for who you are and acknowledging what you have done does not mean that you have to like, appreciate or celebrate every aspect of yourself. In fact, accepting those less savoury aspects of yourself is a really important first step in removing, adapting or improving aspects of yourself that you would like to change. So what does self-acceptance look like? How do we know when we've reached this pinnacle of self-acceptance? Well, there's a really simple sort of litmus test. Can you look in the mirror and truly unconditionally accept this unique, wonderful, work-in-progress person staring back at you? Because you kind of know that you have some self-acceptance when you can look at yourself in the mirror and just allow all of you to be there to accept that every last bit of what makes you who you are, um, to no longer try and mitigate or ignore or explain or justify any perceived faults or flaws, physical or otherwise. And the more complex answer is that self-acceptance looks and feels differently for each of us, depending on what we have struggled with, which pieces of ourselves we'd rather not think about. But I wanted to give you some real life examples of what self-acceptance might look like for a variety of different people. So uh, a man going through a divorce who feels like a failure because because of the separation might experience self-acceptance as acknowledging that he has made some mistakes and that his marriage has failed, but that does not make him a failure. An employee who struggles to meet the goals set by a demanding boss may reach a sense of self-acceptance when she uh, can embrace the idea that sometimes she will fail to deliver, but that she is still a worthwhile person because of other qualities, even when she fails in her boss's eyes. And someone with really self-defeating beliefs might reach a place of self-acceptance by acknowledging and realizing that not everything she thinks is true. 
Right. So doesn't that just sound very human and pragmatic and so much better than judging yourself or requiring external validation or reward success to feel good? So I guess your next question is, well, that sounds great, Sass, but how do we develop this magical quality of unconditional self-acceptance? Well, I have five ideas for you because I think there is a rule in the internet that when you offer people some helpful suggestions that you have to include five of them. Anyway, I would like to also offer that anything to do with changing our self-image, anything that is about behavioral change or belief shifts, this isn't going to happen with a magic formula or a simple cure of self-doubt. Right, these are practices to try over time. So just go gently, hold your expectations lightly, try some of these things out and let me know what happens. So firstly, a practice to try when things just aren't going well. And this is often when any level of self-acceptance becomes very bloody conditional, right? (laughs) Because things aren't going well. So there's a huge invitation for you to judge yourself. So if when things aren't going well, you tend to put yourself down or criticize yourself, ask yourself these two questions instead. Does this situation, this mistake, failure or rejection or criticism, take away any of my good qualities? Right, that's the first question. And the second question, how can my strengths and my good qualities help me right now? Now, this is a great method because A, it helps to offer you some perspective, but it also helps you to move into curiosity and problem solving using the innate resources you already have. So you are helping yourself to resolve or soothe yourself in a situation that is less than desirable. A second uh, practice you could try is to start naming and feeling your emotions with loving detachment. So what I mean by that is just allowing yourself to be curious about the full range of your emotions. See if you can name what you're feeling. And importantly, use the phrase, I am feeling sad rather than I am sad. Notice the difference? Like one is just, I am feeling sad as I am experiencing a temporary emotion of sadness. I am sad is like a, an identity uh, statement. And just noticing that those emotions are always going to pass, that nothing ever stays um, with us for very long. In fact, most of the neurobiology research suggests that Emotions cannot be sustained for more than 90 seconds because our wise bodies just bring us back to homeostasis. So practice uh, naming what you're feeling and then witness or observe that emotion. So just notice when you name your emotion, what are the sensations it's creating in your body? So where do you feel the sad in your body? Where does that sadness live in you? And be curious about what it is made of. Like, is there a pace to it or a temperature, a color, a texture? Just start to notice the the sensational aspect of your emotions. 
It gives you something to do while you're waiting for it to pass and it allows you to observe it. And when you are observing something, it's a way of detaching from it. So it helps you to see that you're not your emotions. And emotions are a huge source of of self-doubt and are often what gets in the way of accepting ourselves because we believe we have to only experience quite a narrow Uh, a narrow spectrum of emotions. Third practice for you is to reframe your interpretations. And we talked about this in an earlier episode a little. Um, The episode was called Reality is Neutral. And this, this is the idea that reality, what's happening outside of us, is neutral. And we interpret reality with our thoughts and beliefs. Now, sometimes, often, we get caught up in patterns of beliefs that just don't serve us. So practice reframing as you go. What I mean by this is something like, I've made the wrong decision, could be reframed as, there was something I needed to learn here. I can't trust anyone, can be reframed as, I'm struggling to trust myself. That person's behavior shows me how they feel about me can be reframed as that person's behavior shows me how they feel about themselves. You see the difference? And the trick here, if there is one, is just to choose more helpful beliefs, more helpful ways of interpreting neutral reality. Now, the only rule with this is that you must believe the reframed belief, the reframed thought. As my grand would often say, you cannot polish a turd, right? So, so we're not trying to, to make this into something that's super positive when it isn't. We're just asking ourselves, what else could be true? And that can offer a huge amount of relief from a lot of negative stories that impact our ability to just accept where we are in our lives, what's happening right now in this moment. Now, another practice you can try, and this is especially if you enjoy visualizations, is to start having conversations with your accepted self, right? So just imagine that within you, there is an unconditionally accepted you. This might seem to you like your highest or your best self. This is the part of you that offers unconditional self-acceptance. So you may want to picture the self as as a part of you, as a a kind of um, a a body within your body. Um, But imagine that there is this highest or best self stepping outside of you and looking back at you in your current life circumstance or situation. And what does your highest self advise you? What does she want you to do? Now, this process of visualizing um, with that sort of detachment from the current self really helps you to tap into the wisdom that already lies within you and cultivating an ongoing conversation with your highest self enables you to be your own kind of ideal parent to demonstrate empathy and compassion and love towards yourself. So I highly recommend practicing this kind of visualization whenever you need some direction, when you're feeling confused, or you just need some soothing. It's a beautiful conversation to begin. And finally, a fifth practice for you is to spend time in your own company 
without distraction. And some ideas for this, it might be that you start meditating for 10 minutes in the mornings. Just allow yourself to observe your thoughts, your beliefs, your experience without judgment. So have no intention, you just sit there for 10 minutes, see what happens. Practice tuning into your intuition. That's really helpful to do when you're on your own because there's no distractions. So just tap into what is your gut feeling about a person or a situation or an experience. To kind of tell yourself your own story about what you believe. Spend time in nature and just breathe deeply. Cook for yourself. Move your body in a way that just feels energizing to you. These are quite self-care type activities. But spending that time in your own company without distraction is a rare and precious period of time. It's not something that many of us do. And it's certainly not something that we do often. So just take 10 minutes. What can you do to spend time reconnecting to yourself? without distraction. It's a beautiful practice to begin. And just remember that your worthiness is priceless and completely independent from your history, your actions, other people's opinions, and all the healing and growth that is ahead of you. Unconditional self-acceptance is as simple and complex as accepting yourself without condition. It can dramatically change the relationship that you have with yourself and that is going to have a mega impact on the way you show up in the world. So if there's one thing that I would really love you to take away from this episode, it's that self-acceptance is at the core of so many positive states, including self-belief, general well-being, happiness, recovery, So if you're struggling to accept who you are at a fundamental level, it's really tough to love yourself, to love others, or to make positive changes in your life. And I really want this for you. So I've created a little self-acceptance library that will help you to explore these concepts further. You can head over to the show notes at sasspetherick.com and there's a list of around about 10 books that I found to be really amazing introductions into this concept of self-acceptance, full of practical tips and ideas. Okay, lovely people, I hope this has been super helpful. Um, Please do go check out the Italy retreat. I want to see you eating gelato on a spring morning in, in Tuscany. How amazing would that be? <laughs> um, okay, I can't wait to um, to see who, who's coming along, who says yes to Tuscany. All right, loves, I will see you soon. Bye-bye.